0: Welcome to another episode of Murray Musings. I usually don't do too many of these intros, but I needed to set the tone of the episode. After Andy lost in Stockholm, this is me, Peter, I ate a bit, Claire grabbed a bottle of gin, and Scott grabbed his cardboard cut out of Andy and held it tight. But I need to be positive about all of this, so let's go. So first of all, Claire, uh, she already has a, bo- a glass of gin right now. Claire, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm okay. I've <clears throat> I've drank through the pain, as you can see. Can you that hear that clink, chink, clink? chink? That's yes. the ice against the glass. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Um. I went out and I ran a half Ooh. marathon today. I I got my my frustrations of the past week out in the the fresh air in the countryside. Thought a lot about Andy when I was running. And yeah, I feel okay generally, Good. I feel okay it took I, I, it took took a bit of getting over the past few days yeah. to be honest with you um but yeah i'm all right i've 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 survived i've pulled through and um I'm looking forward to yeah. what's next as Andy Murray fans were survivors,
0: so we've gone through the Murray mm-hmm. coasters several times, um <laughs> especially the last four years really. Um, so let's talk about Stockholm. Yeah. How did you feel?
1: So, first match, I thought he played... I was so pleased that he came through it yep. into straight Had sets. Had a tiebreaker,
0: but two sets.
1: Um. Yep, yep. The tiebreaker, I did... I, I mean, I must admit, like, anyone who has listened to this podcast and who follows me on Twitter will know that I... I'm not a fan of the tie break and it just brings me out in hives. And the, the gift that I generally tweet out when a tiebreak happens is Sheldon breathing in and out of a brown paper bag, and that's pretty that's a pretty accurate representation mm-hmm. of what I'm like during a tiebreak. Um so yeah, that's kind of how I felt, but you know, he came through it and it was really great to see him get the win. Yes. In two sets, you know, and, and not not have to push his body to to a third. Um, and the same against Sinner, like, I thought he was yeah. outstanding yeah. against Yannick Sinner. He he played so well, and I, like I've seen a couple of tweets from people saying Sinner potentially wasn't at his best. He was tired. He's the long season, and while I agree with that, I still don't think he was going yeah. to beat Andy because Andy was, he was playing phenomenal tennis against Sinner and he was fired up and he was hungry and he knew what he had to do. And it was, he also understood that for him to get that win was a massive thing. So he, he played incredible tennis against Sinner. Um, And I don't, I hope that, you know, people saying that Sinner wasn't at his best, I hope that doesn't take anything away from the win because I, I think it, it's unjustified. Um, so I must admit, like on the back of that win, I was pretty deflated with his loss against Tommy Paul. Like, for because it it seemed to be like everything went wrong. He 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 could not put yeah. a foot right in that match against Paul. His serve just disintegrated. Um, his returns were p- really pretty poor. Yes, he kind of pulled himself back on track a little bit in the the second set, but you could see that he wasn't. You see, you could I, I? think you could see that his yeah. head wasn't in it. Um, in the third, like he was starting to get that the the whole look about his posture, like his body line, his shoulders were starting I think, to yeah, slump. he was
0: not confident head was in going down. himself and his strategy. Yep and he couldn't figure Tommy out. And, so Tommy's scoreline nope, uh, winning nope. it was 6-2, 3-6, 6-3. And so, I mean, Tommy yeah. just played all too well. Um and it it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was a really tough loss for me um to kind of yeah. wrap my head around um but uh mm-hmm, as we mm-hmm. uh know now um Tommy um just defeated Denis Shapovalov to win the title his first ATP yeah. title um and uh the scoreline was a three setter but it was pretty good from Tommy um he served well um so he won that match 6-4 2-6 6-4 um and he beat TFO mm-hmm. on his way uh there Fritz in the round of 16, um, and it was just a good tournament for Tommy. It was a really bad tournament yep. for Andy, and I I, yeah. I just dealt with the loss a whole lot harsher than I would have ever thought. Um, I wanted to yeah, just wrap myself in a blanket and um, take a nap for a little yep. while. Um, so mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran's uh, new album just came out, um, and so did uh, Taylor Swift's Red, Taylor's version, um, yes. and Adele's uh, mm-hmm. new album is about mm-hmm. to drop, I believe, next Friday. So I've been in my feelings um, for quite a while. Yeah, there's
1: a there, there's a lot of feelings across oh, yeah. those three albums. Let's yeah. you know just be honest. And yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned Taylor's album because. All too well. I mean, I know it's it's about mm-hmm. like a romance, but I sort of feel like I can relate all too well to like all of Andy's losses recently. Where I'm just like, ah, oh, just remember this feeling yeah. all too well.
0: I wish I could shake it <laughs> off, but I cannot. Here we go again. <laughs> I cannot shake off this loss. It it was uh, again. I'm trying to rectify and justify him losing to Tommy the way he did. But he's one of the best returners who's ever played tennis. And Tommy was just yeah. serving way too well. And he, mm-hmm. again, couldn't figure him out. He was too frustrated. Yeah. Um. He thought the crowd was too loud. And I get that. But it wasn't like a Davis Cup crowd. It, it was not...
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not saying that he was trying to look for reasons why he lost. But it just felt like, hey, Andy, like... You need to win
1: that. I do kind of feel, See when Andy starts letting the crowd affect him, that's when you know it's not going well and he knows mm-hmm. it's not going well. And you get to that point, that's when you start thinking, he's not going to win this. When he starts letting the little things that are going on round about him get into his head and like that's you know he he double faulted that's what gave Tommy Mm -hmm. Paul the break in the third set and then he was able to go on and serve for the match you knew then you just knew that there was no way Andy was going to break back in that game it was done you know they they may as well have called game set and match upon that double fault in my opinion you knew that he was not going to break back. He was so he was so frustrated with what was going on round about him, he was raging at himself for yep. getting frustrated at what was going on round about him. So yeah, like I think when you're when you're like a long suffering Murray fan, like you and me, Peter. When we've, we've been on this roller coaster for a very, very long time, you you know those signs. You just you know you. I, I really do admire the eternal optimism. Some people who are like, oh no, he could break back here, he could do no. it, and you're just like, nah, yeah. that's it. Like he's not. You know, at this point, like I've, I, this isn't my yep. first rodeo. I've seen this enough times now, and yeah, it was just, it was just, it was yep. disappointing. After he played so beautifully against Sinner, it was really disappointing to see that happen. But one of the things that I'm, I kind of took, I'm, I've kind of taken from it is that, like, this is probably the first time in quite a long time that he's done three matches back to back in three consecutive days. Yeah.
0: Uh, I was thinking that so it would be hard mu- with the consecutive days, but I didn't realize yeah. that for a little while. And I wonder if that had that something. Again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wondered if that had something to do with it because, like in all the other tournaments he's been in recently, he's had yes. a day off at some point between his matches. Whether it's been between the first and the second or between the second and the third, he has had a day where his body can just like recover a little bit. But he played Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and thank God that he played on on Tuesday and Wednesday. His you know, there were two sets, and he managed to pull his body through it quite, yes. fairly quickly, Um but I wonder if just, like, three days in a row, no break at all, had just started to take its toll, although, I mean, if you, I suppose, like, if, if Andy was on here talking to us, he would probably tell us, actually, no, my body physically felt fine, I just couldn't, couldn't get my head into the game that day, so, I, I, I mean, I could just be, Especially I mean, rubbish a lot of
0: people are worried, and you can definitely voice this, about him. Uh, we have a fun announcement um, that he is going to uh, Mubadala. And I'm sorry, is it Abu Dhabi? Or Dubai, excuse me. Abu, Abu Dhabi, Dhabi, yep. Yeah. It's Abu Dhabi, um, yeah. So anyway, um, I think that he'll be physically fine for it. And even when mm-hmm. I spoke to Jamie Delgado and Indian Wells after his kind of poor practice session with Rublev, he was like, he's feeling physically fine. And so I was relieved. And, yeah. I mean, I think he, especially playing all the tournaments at the tail end of this year, like he usually does, he's going to be fine. Um, But you can go on and mm-hmm, talk mm-hmm. about how you're worried about uh, Battle of the Brits.
1: Well, I mean... I'm not, it's not that uh-huh. I'm worried, right? But I mean, this is Andy we're talking about. I mean, remember in 2019 when it was all going exactly. so beautifully and he won Antwerp and then he went and played the frigging Davis Cup and he like yes. sprained his groin and that, and, and then like, he he struggled to, to pick himself up for the off season and then obviously COVID and that's like, you know, exactly. wrecked everything. But just, I just feel like knowing his luck he could go to Abu Dhabi and you know like stub his toe or something and it would like set him back like if he if Andy stubbed his toe that'd be him out for six months (laughs) like it would be it would be that bad um and yeah like if Abu Dhabi finishes on the 18th of December and he's due to be in Aberdeen on Tuesday the 21st to play Battle of the Brits and he signed up for three sessions and I am going to all three sessions and if he is not fit and winning, uh-huh. I will riot.
0: I understand that.
1: I will riot. And I I can guarantee I won't be the only one because I will have Scott beside me. <laughs> he he's easily persuaded. Uh-huh. So Scott will riot as well. He doesn't know it yet.
0: Yeah. If I will. had made that trip <laughs> and he wasn't there for all three and he would have played, <clears throat> I'll say it, poor matches, yeah. I would riot too. Yeah. Especially because yeah. I was thinking, like, how many days is it in between those two tournaments?
1: Three days. And the
0: jet lag. And three I'm like, days. no. Yeah. I- I'm fine with a, him not going.
1: There's a time difference. What's the time difference between um, Scotland and the Middle East? I think it's four hours. Four, or, I think it's four or five. Hour- we are four, or, four or five okay. hours behind. Um, and I actually think that that's a really, f- f- from my experience of like being in New York and coming back to the UK, that five hours is like it's quite difficult to bring yeah. your body back on track. Like it's easier if it's like if it's like a full 12 or a solid, like almost 24 hour time difference. But when it's something like five, anything between five and eight hours, I think can really mess with your system. Um, So yeah, like if he, I presume, like I, I hope he'll fly from Abu Dhabi straight back to Scotland instead of flying from Abu Dhabi to London. And then having to travel from London up mm-hmm. to Aberdeen because, like that's that just that just adds on. So I I, I really hope he's he's flying back into like flying into Edinburgh or Glasgow, and then just shooting up to Aberdeen from there and just chilling out. Hopefully, chilling out in Aberdeen for a couple of okay. days, um, instead of having to like do additional travelling in between. Because I, I mean, my my thinking behind the fact that they're playing in Aberdeen so close to Christmas is that they're spending Christmas with oh, their yeah. families in Scotland. Um, so, I mean, I would assume, like, Kim and the kids can come up to to, to Scotland, like, as early as they want. Um, so that's my kind of hope that he's not going to go back to London and do, like, a day or a day and a half in London and then have to travel up again. It'd just be... Just come straight to Scotland and just chill out in Scotland for a couple of days and get yourself onto those courts in Aberdeen and do your thing because I have been looking forward to this since the 26th Uh of February.
0: (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) No offence. This has been a long time coming. It is an exo, you know, with uh, finger quotes, but I want them all to do well and show up. Just like they did yeah. for the last time yeah. they did this. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what Kyle Edmonds physical fitness is like, but I, I'm just worried about all of them playing well. I mean, Cam Norrie, I, I think yeah. he'll do fine. But others? Joe Salisbury is fine. Jamie Murray, I mean, he's into yeah. the ATP finals right now. The NITO finals. Um, yeah. But other than that
1: yeah i think i think Jamie will be fine i mean Jamie you like i remember from lockdown watching some of the videos that Jamie would put on instagram Jamie's like yeah. insanely fit he I, I know that he Jamie doesn't in terms of like if you were to compare Jamie and Andy Andy looks like the more physically fit one doesn't he because he's Jamie's yes. a lot leaner than Andy like he's thinner than him like so Andy's bulky he's got a lot more muscle. Um but you I think you I think Jamie is underestimated in terms of his yeah. physical fitness because some of the videos that I saw Jamie doing on Instagram during lockdown, like his home workouts were yep. ridiculous. Um I've got absolutely zero concerns about Jamie's fitness. Like I, I think Jamie yeah. could keep going for hours. He could play like he could play like ten sets yeah. on a doubles match. Um but I'm uh,
0: and I mean, I watched I him play about two mistake. hours to... of a Bulls practice. So, yeah, he he can be fine.
1: Yeah, he's he'll be absolutely fine. I just, like, when I just think about the luck that Andy, or lack of luck yep. that Andy has had in the past, like, two years, I'm like, it would just be so, so typical if during this match in Dhab- this however many matches he plays in Abu Dhabi that aren't gonna get him points for ranking that he like does something that he's like, oh damn like that like the time he rolled over in his bed and woke up with a, a yeah. like a strained groin. Like you, you know, things like that. it's
0: ridiculous.
1: Um but yeah, I really I really hope that he's okay and he does he goes out there and he plays some decent tennis against some decent players. And do you know what? Like, if he doesn't win in Abu Dhabi, I, like, I don't care, to be honest with you. Like, it would be amazing. But at the moment, like, one of my main focuses for Andy winning is for him to get ranking points. I want to see him work his way back up yep. the rankings. Um, so, like, this doesn't mean anything in terms of rankings. So if he doesn't win... I'm just going to see it as like a practice match.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like just go out there and do your best, go out there and do your thing and then get back to Scotland and play some awesome tennis. Which also, I appreciate how ironic that sounds because Battle of the Brits doesn't count towards ranking points either. Yep. But I'm going to be there. (laughs) I want to see him win in person.
0: That's how I felt when he went to Cincy in 2018. I was like, I want to see him win. Yeah. And two thousand nineteen. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so real quick for Mubadala, like <laughs> Dennis Shapovalov will be there, Rafa Nadal, Andre Rublev, Kasparude, and Dominic Team is making his return as well. So Aww. I hope Rafa and Dominic do well. Um yeah. but obviously not, you know, as well as Andy. Um
1: Obviously.
0: I I just uh again i'm I'm worried too at how again not physically but just how much it will be for Andy to with the jet lag speaking go from that tournament to battle of the Brits
1: yeah, and not only that like i mean i've seen a few, i've seen There's been a bit of chat about, like, oh, he'll be going to Abu Dhabi because he wants to get used to the hot weather and get acclimatised for Australia, etc. But, I mean, the way that I see it, there is literally no point in doing that for three days to come back to Aberdeen, which is, like, literally the coldest place in Scotland.
0: Yeah, just three days.
1: Three days back to Scotland for, like, I presume if they're spending Christmas in Scotland, they'll be in Scotland for, like, five days, maybe a week. And then I think they're probably going to go back out to
0: Miami? a hotter
1: place. Whether yeah. it's uh, whether it's Miami or because he didn't Andy at one point sign like something that said he was going to play Brisbane okay. until the end of his career. Okay. Um, so like Brisbane tends to start on New Year's Day, I think. Yes. So he might go. He might just go direct to Australia. Go to Brisbane, um, which will be hot. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't think that, like, the, the reason he's going to Abu Dhabi is to get acclimatised to the heat. Yeah. That would be fine if he was staying there.
0: Yeah.
1: But to do three days and then to come back to the frozen north of Scotland, it seems... It seems bizarre to me. Yeah. With all so the I players think...
0: <laughs> I just listed, it's more about match fitness and yeah, practice. I think so. And I get yep. that. Because, I mean, that's top yep. tier.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he's not going to persuade Rafa to come over and play, like, a an exhibition match about Battle of the Brits. So. No. Although that would be cool. That would be funny. Oh, imagine that was his reason for going. Imagine, like, he gets over to Abu Dhabi and he's like, Rafa, Rafa, come here. Like, dude, come here. I've got a, a favour to ask you. Remember how I played your challenger once and, like, brought all the big guns into Mallorca? Uh
0: huh.
1: How do you fancy coming to Aberdeen just before
0: Christmas? I promise you it'll be awesome. Rafa needs to come for an EXO in Scotland or uh, England. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do Roger's it done Andy. it. Exactly.
1: Roger came. Roger came for a. For um, Andy Murray live at the hands. And I mean
0: Novak can come too as well if he wants. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Pull in the crowds. Yeah. I'd love that.
0: That would be. I'd funny. love that. I need uh, Rafa in a kilt.
1: Roger looked good in a kilt, so I imagine Rafa with like with those calves would look really good in a kilt. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know we're we're sort of getting into like a... <laughs> we're getting
0: into like a different territory here. Uh, uh, (laughs) let's segue as we usually love to say into something else. So you can think about this while I, um, read some of these responses, but, uh, Scott had put out on our account, um, on Twitter. Um, so we of course have, uh, the off season, um, and we're just twiddling our thumbs here at Murray Musings headquarters. So for our next episode, give us your best Andy moment of the year saddest Andy moment of the year and hopes for Andy's 2022. Did you think about these few things?
1: Um, no.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) again, since I'm going to read off just a few of the responses that we got, um, you can think about them. I'll go first afterwards. And if you want to chime in, please do. Okay. So, let's go with, uh, Jack Edward, uh, 1994 is his handle, um, and he said, for the best moment, the underarm serve versus Carlos Alcaraz. That was great. That was yep, just like yep. a good choice, good sweet choice. little, hey, I'm going to do an underarm serve because you're so far back. You're wanting to be like Rafa, so let's do this to you. You know?
1: Yep, yep.
0: Um, the saddest Andy moment of the year, his Wimbledon loss to Shapo. Um, uh, yeah. That was one of the worst but uh, i'll tell mine um in a sec um and then he said for hopes for Andy's 2022 a semifinal at any tournament and he said any in bold and i agree mm-hmm, I-, I could mm-hmm. use a semifinal i i need one
1: yeah 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 okay okay so
0: i believe uh we've got another one smarth Kaul, um, K-A-U-L, excuse me if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. He said, uh, or uh, Smarth has said, uh, the best moment, the run starting from U.S. Open, especially Indian Wells. Fair mm-hmm, enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The saddest moment, Paris Open, and overall drooping shoulders when things aren't going his way. Um yes. And he's getting better at controlling that, in parentheses. Um, Smart said, and, and I agree, like, we're just talking about it earlier, about his confidence level and his demeanor. It's just, it's not great. Um, and he, mm-hmm. and Smarth, excuse me, um, said uh, the hope was winning at least one title and making a deep run in one of the Grand Slams. It's yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely what I feel too. Um, we've also got another reply um, from... Alias, Um The handle okay. is uh, GansGraph underscore, the best. Uh, they said match point versus Ate at Wimby for sure. It was a great match. It was a five-setter, was, right? I mean, it, it was yeah, epic. it
1: was incredible. Yeah. Incredible.
0: Yeah. So that match point, it was good. Um, the saddest was putting him against Tsitsipas. Round one, not the loss, but the draw. And again... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are just talking about, like, how unlucky he was during this whole entire year. Um, And uh, uh, the players that he's had to draw, it's just not great. Um,
1: I'm going to see it. I mean, it's bullshit.
0: It's bullshit. Yeah. Let's say
1: it. I mean, I'm still convinced, like, that there's... There's a little, on those little tabs, when we're watching the draw for, which tournament was it? I was watching the draw for online, was it Vienna? And he drew Hubie in the first round. Okay. Was that Vienna? I think so. Yeah. And they had their little tabs in front of them. And they would turn them over and be like, oh, okay, that one's... Her cats, okay, Yes, yeah, so we go Oh, Andy Murray. I am convinced that there's a little marker on Andy's one that the mm-hmm. light like, there we go.
0: That's the one. Yep. That's the one. So Gant's yeah, the, the, the has been tough. Uh, been way too tough. So Gants um said for the hopes, kicks more top ten ass, which she's done, and gets mm-hmm. into maybe the top eighty or higher. I I need mm-hmm. that. Top fifty. That's that's I'd prefer. I like
1: that. That's very realistic. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's not, that's not a pipe dream. That's a realistic hope, I think. I'm quite on board with that.
0: Then our last reply uh, was Joanna. Um, F-C-H-I-U-K-N-Y-C is the handle. Um, So they said that the best was winning that tiebreak, saddest, losing that tiebreak. And there were a lot. So I I can definitely agree with uh, what they are saying. Yeah, And the hopes are that uh, Joko skips the Aussie Open and Andy wins it. And I definitely <laughs> I, I, I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. I mean, if Novak totally. has to skip the Aussie Open, for whatever reason uh, personal or, or whatever, I, I mean uh, again, more so if Andy wins it, which I need.
1: I just I feel like there's any tournament that I need him to win.
0: It's the Australian Open It's the Open Australian
1: Open. Because he's been... Like, to just put it so bluntly, he has been the loser so many times. Yep. I mean, to hell was saying, oh, he's been the Australian Open runner-up five times. He has lost it five times. And yes. I need him. I need him to win it.
0: And some brutal ass at the tail end. Desperate. Desperate
1: for him to win it. Like, the the the... It'd be so perfect for like so twenty ten was when he made his first final at uh-huh. the Australian Open. It would just be so beautiful and so poetic if twelve years later, after like s- the 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 most crushing three years of his career, three or four years of his career, in fact, mm-hmm. to go in it, go in twenty twenty two and win it. It would just be like it. It would. It would be sensational. For me, I think it might be bigger than winning Wimbledon.
0: Yeah. I literally had a dream, and this was when Stan was on the rise and winning, you know, his three majors and being compared to Andy and all of that. But we won't get into that because that's a whole entire other episode. Um, But I had a dream, to cut to the chase, that Stan defeated Andy in the final and and that would be my worst nightmare, for Stan. That used to be your
1: Twitter bio.
0: Exactly at the Australian Open, and if oh. Stan and Andy do come back and, and rise back and get into a final, if Stan wins, and and my whole entire dream slash nightmare, like, comes to fruition, like I, I would, I would throw things.
1: I would riot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i would grab a bottle of gin and and say midnight we riot yep (laughs) in solidarity with you grab a bottle of gin
1: oh yeah that would be awful drink a glass or two or three or four or five or do you want just take a
0: straw yeah
1: i like stan but i cannot allow that to happen in my lifetime Mm -mm. i can't allow it to happen no
0: and to be I've honest, to think, I don't see him coming back and winning a major. No, nah. no. But I, don't I can think, no. see Andy come back.
1: That's the unwavering faith of an Andy Murray fan. Exactly. Okay, so I've had to think. Uh huh. As we've been talking, so I've got my, I've got, I've got my, I've got my three.
0: Yep.
1: Okay. So for me, the my happiest Andy moment was his interview that he did at Queens.
0: Okay. After
1: yes. he won against Benoit Paire, yep. when he was crying because he was just like, he was so emotional to be back on court, to be back at Queens, to be winning. To be, he was just so happy and like for me, it, the 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 way he expressed himself in that interview just showed how much tennis means to him. Yep. Um and so it's it's a little bit different, but I just thought that was a really beautiful moment. Because it's it it was also for me it was a sort of hark back to twenty twelve when he cried after losing to Roger yep,
0: exactly. at the Wimbledon
1: final and it that was the for me that was a turning point for Andy with the the, the fans with the like you know like the general Wimbledon crowds where for so many years people would cheer Roger over him really especially particularly Wimbledon um, yep. and that was that moment in 2012 was when people were like oh my god actually this really means a lot to him and he's actually a really good guy he's not this like whinging faced 18 year old that like okay he was a whinging faced 18 year old like that's you know and that for me 2012 was a turning point when people's attitudes towards him started to change Uh and when he cried during that interview at Queen's it just took me straight back To that moment in twenty twelve, and for me, it was just really like I was like, yeah, like it's it for me. It's everything that Andy stands for in tennis. Like he loves it so much; it means so much to him. Yeah, he's such an amazing ambassador for the game. He's an amazing ambassador for Scotland, and all just like and so yeah, that was my a random one, but that was probably my out of everything that he's done in this past the past six months. Let's say he didn't do very much at the beginning of the year. Um, that's definitely been my best Andy moment. Um, it's the thing that meant the most to me. My saddest moment for Andy was his Olympics loss. Yes.
0: Um,
1: okay. With Joe uh, against Chilich and Doddick because... I, I mean, equal, equally sad that he pulled out of the singles.
0: Yes.
1: Um, but I, I've said it before, like you and I have discussed this before, I genuinely believe that he... Had Andy and Joe beat Chilich and Doddich in that match, they would have won the gold. I think they would yeah. have gone on and won yeah. the gold. So that was probably my sad Sandy moment. Close second, losing to Zverev at um, Indian Wales. Was it Indian yep. Wells? Yes. Yeah, that's like, phew, that's more of a sort of like rage sad.
0: Exactly. I I was just about to interject and say, I wasn't sad. I was angry at the situation, Um, I wasn't angry at Andy of course, but I was just, it was not great because I need him to win. We all need him to win that.
1: Yes, and so so my hopes for 2022 is Australian Open winner, obviously, like as I've just been discussing. I'd like to see him come in with just, like, a really positive mental attitude, just like, to, to stop seeing the slump of the shoulders, to, to, to I want to see 2016, Andy. Yes. I want to see that mental strength of 2016, where he was like, no, do you know what? Like, I am unbeatable, and I will not allow you to beat me today. Yep. Not today. um. And also, just as, like, a little extra, I'd really, really like to see him beat Djokovic in any, in any match.
0: I would like that. You know I would like
1: that. And you know and uh, you know I like you know I like Novak, right? I'm surprised I would like with
0: that. I'd like to
1: see yeah. I would like to see Andy beat Novak.
0: You know I like the revenge I don't, story.
1: I don't care when, right? It could be in a final or it could be in round 1. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I would like to see Andy beat Novak. Okay. I'm surprised. Yep. Cue the Novak fans coming for me. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> oh,
0: the F word. <effort>.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, let's and put it this I way, And here I thought right? I was
0: uh, on the outs with them. <laughs> um... let's, put,
1: let's put it this way. Like, if I was to sit and have a conversation, if we had Pavi G on, for example, right? And we could sit, I think we could sit and debate this with Pavi really civilly. Uh-huh. I mean, Pavi likes Andy. He does. But if it came down to it, if, if Novak and Andy are playing each other, Pavi does not want Andy to win. He's all for Novak. Yeah. So this is this kind of the way for Andy
0: this, fans. It, to it's, chat. Me, it's me in reverse, I get it. you yep.
1: know? And I do think at some point in 2022, he's going to play Novak. Oh, God. It's coming. I think it's coming. And I just want him to beat him. Just one. Even if it's just once. Yeah. I want him to beat him. Okay. So that's my list. I, okay. I, I even wrote it down on I love it. like a random piece of paper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Write it down, stick it on the wall, and then yep. once he wins the Australian Open, just be like, "See, see."
1: Yep. I might I might take a photograph and tweet it. Uh huh. Okay. Have it as my pinned tweet.
0: What about you? So for me, um, the best Andy moment of the year, um, match wise, because I want to cheat and say something else as well. Um, was I didn't cheat? Oh no, I no, 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 no! For me, I'll cheat. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm not saying that I'm a cheater, uh, but <laughs> I will uh, say two. Um okay. So for match win. wise, um, it was the Alcaraz match because I was there for it, and the mm-hmm. way he won it, the crowd, like just being back in a crowd with honestly, because everyone was vaccinated, which was great. No masks. It just felt normal, you know? Yeah. It just felt like old times. And with a win, obviously, it it was just amazing. And almost everyone, well, it was, I would say, like, a 60 or even a 70, 30 split of them rooting for Andy at the tail end when he got Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, match point and everything, and people were just very raucous. Um, so that was, that was my best Andy moment of the year on, uh, the court off the court. Of course it had to be the odor eaters moment and me giving him (laughs) 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 odor eaters, um, which honestly, as, uh, we know from two, uh, podcast episodes ago were mine that I bought for myself I'll admit that, Um, but uh, when I heard about his situation early in the morning when his shoes stunk so bad that he put them underneath a car because he didn't have a balcony and he didn't want his hotel to stink. I mean, he could have put them in the bathroom, Um, and obviously he had his wedding ring on one of the pairs um, because he always does that, and it was just like, Andy... So Dude. he was just smiling and happy when I took the picture of him, as we all saw. Um, so yeah, that was my best personal Andy moment of the year, and almost every moment, of course, that I shared with Andy at Indian Wells was great. But that was the yeah. best.
1: And there, and there were a lot of moments oh,
0: right yeah. there. Yeah. <sighs> Saddest moments. I mean, all I can do is okay. a big
1: deep sigh of joy.
0: Yes. <laughs> Okay, let's get to the saddest moment and then move on. It was the Tommy Paul match where I thought oh, I, I, yeah. I thought he could win it. And I believe I said this on Twitter, um, at least in the DMs as well, but I thought that even though Tommy Paul and uh, Giron uh, Marcus um, were practicing well, all of the Americans were doing well this year. Um, yep. At Indian Wells, I saw Tommy practice, and I was like, ooh, okay, I mean, again, he's beaten Reblev, he's beaten quality players, that Andy had that match. And as one of the most optimistic, I would say, um, from our group chats and everything, most optimistic Andy Murray fan, I was, I'll say it, devastated. And honestly, a little mad at the match. Not mad at him, of course. But I I was mad. Um, so that was sad for me. Mm-hmm. So my hopes mm-hmm. for andy's twenty twenty two let's move on um from that. So my hopes are that I would love, of course, if he won the Australian Open, but hopefully re- honestly, in reality, let's just say that, getting into the top fifty, winning would a tournament would be great, mm-hmm. and obviously getting into a semifinal, like someone else said. Would be great. yep. But I, I would love a tournament win.
1: Any tournament win. Any
0: tournament win. Yeah. Any.
1: No, I t- totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, I've got, like, I think, you know, my, my three hopes, I think that there's one among my three hopes that's extremely realistic. Yes. And there's two that are more like you you keep you keep being optimistic claire you exactly. keep being optimistic yeah um but i i totally agree any any tournament win would just be incredible because i feel like any tournament win will give him the confidence moving into the next tournament and it's once he's got that confidence back of actually going all the way and winning it i, I feel like that's that's what he needs, that's the trajectory that he needs to just go up, keep going. Because he'll get that... Once Andy gets that wooden feeling back, it's like a shark when they smell the blood. Yep. Once he remembers what that... Like, holding the trophy aloft... I mean, I, I don't believe for one second he's ever forgotten how it feels to hold the trophy and, like, be the winner, but yeah. once he actually gets to do that again... I think he's just going to be like, I need to win more of these. I want more. So, yeah. Any, any tournament will do it for me, Andy, and then just keep going from there. Yeah. See you at Wimbledon. Yep. I might renege on my deal with Pabby G about, like, you know, because I still would like him to win Wimbledon as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you said that, I was like, sure. I mean... I'll give him Wimbledon, but I, I think, <laughs> obviously, if he wins the Australian Open, and if Novak doesn't win Wimbledon, I won't be sad. I won't be sad about that. And if that's the deal that you made with the double, like Novak has made a deal with the Devil, as we all know now, um, <clears throat> that it's just, again, I won't be sad, I'll just say that.
1: I mean, to be honest with you, if we're if we're, like being completely frank, I think Roger's coming back and winning Wimbledon. Wow. Bold. yeah. I think Roger's going to win Wimbledon. That's who my money's on for Wimbledon 2022. I think he'll come and just be like... I mean, if it's not Andy, obviously I prefer it to be Andy. But... I think he'll do absolutely nothing until the grass season starts. He'll be in rehab, he'll get his wrist or whatever is wrong with him. Working on it. That's team that's got the rest. It's Roger's knees, um, and he'll come back for Wimbledon. Cause like Roger sees Wimbledon as his turf, even although we all know it's Andy
0: Murray's turf. I was about so to say, say he thing. needs to pee on it, but mark his territory <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: Oh, like,
0: imagine,
1: imagine, right? You know what I'm going to say? Like, imagine it's been done. Imagine the territory has been marked over the years and Novak still eats that grass.
0: I, I would be sad about that, but... You know what I mean.
1: The Novak does have a plant-based diet. <coughs> okay. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Do you want to go over the (laughs) amount of times he's been beaten by the eventual champion? I don't know if I want to.
1: I mean, it's been... I thought I was counting five,
0: but has it been six? So, obviously, it's been Tommy, Paul in Stockholm. Yeah,
1: that's most recent. Then,
0: Casper Rude in San Diego. Yeah. Um, Hrkacz in Metz. Yep. Um, Rublev in Rotterdam. Mateo in Queens. Yeah. And, uh... A GB Tennis, who I love to follow on Twitter, said it was yes. six, I believe. And
1: so who's the sixth one?
0: Yeah. He may have been
1: no. no wait, did Tiafoe win Winston-Salem?
0: I don't believe so. Who won
1: That's Winston-Salem? That's who I thought for a
0: second, and I'm like, wait, which one? Casper, Herkach? Was it in the Challenger? Not in Rens. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you might remember the first one. <clears throat> you don't like this person. It's Jose
1: Marchenko. That doesn't count.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't count. That was in the final. <laughs> that doesn't count. He was beaten by the eventual champion. Well, of course, it was the final. <laughs> yes. I hate Ilya Marchenko. And it really does bring joy to my heart to see Liam Brody beating him. Oh, yeah. Like, on the regular. (laughs) I mean, I know Scott and I have talked about this quite a few times, but genuinely, Ilya knew that I hated him in Nottingham because he caught my eye. Uh-huh. On quite a few occasions, Uh-huh. and I just was like, "That." I, I mean, I stopped myself from like mouthing, "Like I hate you," uh-huh. to him. Like I didn't, I didn't go that far, but like and I. It was in the eyes. I can control what I say. Uh huh. Yes. I know. I know. It seems quite unbelievable on this pod because I do just like to talk, but I can generally control what I say. But I can't control what my face does. Exactly. And I know my face hates him. Yep. So. Any time he looked at me, because like I was right, I was right in his eye line for so much of the match. Because any time he went to get his towel, I was basically right in front of him. I love it. And he would look up, and I would just be like, "I hate you, I hate you." He could see it in my face. So um, there is definitely no love lost between me and Ilya, and Aww. I genuinely, genuinely, I'm so happy every time I see that, he lo- that he's lost. I mean, it's like it's so irrational the the hatred that I have towards this young guy. Oh, I have
0: an irrational hate towards <laughs> someone, as we all know. Um, don't name the person, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, I don't want them, the fans of him, to come for me. Um, but it's... we'll see.
1: This is the thing. No one will come for me because Ilya has no fans.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i think the thing is like it's fine to hold grudges and um we can definitely talk about that uh that's definitely um one key thing that we'll have with our friend of the pod blob winners shout out to him it's his birthday um yay we'll happy on. birthday
1: michael although this will, you know a few days late when it comes out but we are recording this on your birthday so happy birthday michael
0: yes happy birthday um but i think with teams, he's a Green Bay Packers fan, so he's in Wisconsin right now. Um it's just irrational hatred or holding grudges or having at least that narrative to hold on to like this mm-hmm. person is bad and then actually finding out reasons why that you don't like that person is all the more better. I mean, eh. yeah. It happens.
1: Yeah, totally. I feel like I'm quite a good judge character.
0: Yep.
1: And, you know, I just, I, I, don't, I don't like him. So yep. that's that. And I never will. That's as far as it goes. I mean, let's face it, like, he's not exactly setting the heather alight. So we're not going to see much of him.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder, oh, like, what would... Th- what would they call themselves, the Marchenko fans, if there were any?
0: Who cares? I, I, do you know what like
1: I feel like <laughs> I feel like the fan group Sorry. Who,
0: like my mind like was spinning for a second and the rat yeah. in the wheel was like, I don't care. There's a- nothing a- there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, do you know, I feel like the fan group who has the best named player to create their fan name. Is definitely the Sixty Pals. T- t-
0: yeah, that's cute.
1: Like this, th- it's perfect. God bless. It them. rolls off the tongue. Yeah. That's not going to happen for Marchenko. No. Look at me complimenting the Sixty Pals. Is that compliment? It's compliment, isn't it? That's a compliment.
0: That's a compliment. They're creative. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'm going to go with it. Must fan's bear.
0: Ooh. Okay, so do we have uh, <laughs> any more topics to tackle right now, mm. other than Battle of the Brits coming up <clears throat> and yep. Badala, which yep. uh, hopefully again will be great.
1: I mean, I think that's it. Like we are, we are at the tail end of the season now. Yeah, like it's it's done. It's it's been. We are going to do um, like a proper season roundup, we've got like an exciting little collaboration lined up uh, with the guys over at Tennis and Bagels, Um, so we'll be doing, if you tune in later on towards the end of the year, Um, obviously you'll be tuning in before that. Our dear devoted listeners. But we will have something um with the guys over at Tennis and Bagels towards the end of the year where we'll be doing like a really in-depth round-up uh of the ATP and the WTA from the past year. So this is really just Peter and I having our right old good chin wag about Andy life over the, the past six months. Um, we will be looking at the the, the season as a whole quite soon, which I'm quite looking forward to. It's gonna give me some food for thought to be honest with you. Yeah.
0: I have a few thoughts about some matches, but
1: It's been quite it's been quite the season.
0: Yeah.
1: In general, hasn't it?
0: Yeah. It's been pretty pretty good on the women's side, I'll say that. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the women's side's been amazing. Is um is Guadalajara still on? Yep. Have we have got a winner yet? Yes yeah, uh, and nope. they're still playing.
0: Yep. We've got um semifinals tomorrow. Um, I believe it's Sabalenka versus, uh, Zachary, um, for the finalist, semi-finals, I believe. Um, so I honestly, um, no offense to the ladies, but I don't know when it will. end. real quick. Yeah. So we've got, uh, Krajikova versus Pliskova today. Um, yep. and then tomorrow, um... Again, we've got Sabalenka versus Sakuri uh, at 7.30 my time. Um, so uh, it's it's going to be a, a pretty good tournament. I mean, yep. it's been great with almost all of them. There's been a, a few bagels, but yeah, yeah. with uh, the bagels that have happened, it's been rightfully justified. Um, Badosa beat Sabalenka 6-4, 6-0. That was yep. great. Um wow. and I believe was it Annette? Uh yeah, Annette uh beat a uh, beat uh Pliskova 6460. Um wow. So yeah. So nice and tidy matches.
1: So I think Sabalenka will beat Sakari. My money's on her and Krijikova and Pliskova's harder to call, but I'm going to go with Krijikova Yeah. That's my money's on.
0: I would like uh so Barbara to win. Sab- yeah.
1: Krajikova, Is that am I, am I saying that correctly? Krajikova. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it will be a Krajikova Sabalinka final.
0: And mugurutha and Anet, uh, they're playing tonight, which uh, will be, I think, hopefully a, a great match for Garbine. Yeah. So
1: what about right? Let's just the <laughs> as, as we're talking about Guadalajara, what about their supposed glow ups that? They, <laughs> Maybe had done, and the video where they like walked on in their dresses, like.
0: <laughs> As a gay man, I would love to comment about the dresses, but goodness, <laughs> see the thing is, I-, I see a lot of dresses that are pretty much where y- you can't have anything with wrinkles and whatnot. So I get that. Yeah. I was like, okay, functional, you know, fun, like... Whew, sorry, let me look on Twitter real quick for the actual picture. But I, I was just like, some, some of, of them, them don't were, look really bad. Y- yeah,
1: they just some of them don't really, like,
0: look styled well.
1: Bedosa. Bedosa looked amazing. Yes. Right, but, she, like, she is... Bedosa's, like... I think you know, like in in terms of her hair, her face, her figure, how she dresses. She's she's got like a whole package grown, and I reckon Bedosa could look like you could put her in a bin bag.
0: Yeah, and, and she'd look
1: awesome. But I feel like with some of the girls, they didn't look comfortable and in, and in what they yes. styled them in, and I don't I don't think it's fair to like. Like let's say for example, like, I thought Iga looked really uncomfortable. Yes. In the dress that they put her in, and she's clear like she's clearly not like a dressy yes. type of girl, and I don't think it's fair for them to be like, "Ricky, you have to wear these dresses and go and pose in front of a camera." Yeah. Because for some of them that they're like, "Oh, I don't feel comfortable doing that. That's not really my thing."
0: Yeah. And it's not you their job it, to look like models. I'll say that.
1: Yeah. You know, the eagle looked uncomfortable, and, and w- the one thing that kind of stood out to me that tells me that she was uncomfortable was, the, and fo- there's a group photo with them, yep. and she's wearing flat black shoes.
0: Yep, exactly. I'm looking at the uh, shoes uh, right now, and yeah. Paula brought it, like, really high heels. I yeah. mean, of course, Garbinier did well. And Garbigny's see, the thing yes, is, with Maria, terrible. huh? I'm sorry.
1: Gabinia's dress was terrible. I thought like see, Gabinia is she's such a beautiful woman. She's uh-huh. got such a, an amazing body, and I think they just put her in the wrong dress completely. I it
0: just, it, it, it I it would it say that hip. you're wrong because I was like, do I hate it or do I love it? And I'm that kind of person that's just like it. It kind of looks like art, you know. So it's you got see, like to an me, orange-ish... I thought it looked
1: like a white dress that someone has spilled
0: coffee on. Yeah, well, it's, it's orange-ish. It's it's not like, I mean, yes, I get your point now. But it has black paneling on the bottom, and then white, uh, apparently, from what I see, um, on the back. So, it looks like a, a piece of artwork. And I'm being generous here, obviously. But I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Okay. And the coffee stain if you will goes from basically her neckline down to her left leg and and I don't I don't mind it and Maria's (laughs) dress it looks like you could throw it in luggage in a case and just call it a day and it looks Grecian it looks like bold and so I, I don't like that print I mean I don't mind that print I, i'm probably telling the truth here i don't like it but i don't mind it if that makes sense yeah, L- yeah. like it again you throw in the luggage and you call it a day um it, if it was lighter i would love it but i i don't like it it's got a few brown speckles to it which i don't like um, what I was going to more say, say, I don't like the shoes. They look like really high. Um, are you looking at the picture right now?
1: I'm actually just trying to find it.
0: Yeah. I-, I don't like it is what I was going to say about the shoes. Not the dress, but I, I don't mind it. I- I'm trying again to be generous here. Um Sablank is really short. Like, ooh, her, her dress is hiked up high, but it shows her legs. And all of these ladies, of course, have got, you know, great legs because they play tennis. But mm-hmm. it she's she's working it, and, and I like that. And Pliskova is, well, really short, but she's got on a black dress with, I think it looks like leopard on the bottom, which I like. Yeah, but,
1: yeah keep, talk, keep, keep talking. I still and
0: Annette um, Kontavite, apparently the pink little... Dress that she has on. Um, somebody said I think was Gucci, just off the runway, and I'm like, okay.
1: I thought she looked. I thought she looked good. I thought that was nice. I liked that. Um, it was very, although, you know, although it was Gucci, I thought it was quite girl next door. Okay. Um, why can I not find the photo of all of them together?
0: One second.
1: Can you send it to me so that I can? Properly dissect it. Oh,
0: just lost it. One second.
1: Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought, I thought Annette looked. She looked, she looked good. Um, it was quite different from the rest of the outfits. Uh, and I thought she looked really nice. Okay. Um, I, I really, I. To me,
0: she I, looked like a little too Barbie dollish, and that's fine. I mean,
1: but I feel I feel like pretty. that. Feel like it suited her.
0: Yes. I'll say that.
1: Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I've grown to like her style of play when she's winning. So uh, I'll say that and shut up from there. Um, so I uh, sent you in the DMs uh, yeah, the picture. Yeah, I
1: can see it. And so yeah.
0: why we're talking about this is because, of course, Scott said on twitter um with uh, the picture side by side of the wta um finals uh, finalists and uh the atp um eight players each badly styled or blandly styled which one you taking so badly styled women is what he was i guess uh trying to convey or just yeah. um Blindly blandly just the guys in turtlenecks and uh pretty much uh Medvedev is in the Letterman, which I didn't love, but I mean it looks like they're teenagers at a mall. And they were basically at a mall, like shopping center because there was a Gucci store that uh was yeah. in the background.
1: Yeah. So I think so I'm just looking at the mains one now, right? And uh-huh. like I th- I think Matteo just looks really good. Yeah. Like, but Matteo looks like a model, right? He always so does. You know, he he wears stuff well. Yes. Um And I, th- I actually think Casper Rudd is dressed really well. Yeah. I like his coat. Um. But like,
0: brought it. He, <laughs> like, her catch has basically um, the opposite version of uh, Matteo's outfit with a turtleneck, a cream-colored yeah, one.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> I kind of feel like, I feel like Hubie looks a little bit like your dad.
0: Yes. With okay. his king
1: coloured turtleneck. Okay. Um, Rublev looks like...
0: A teenager. He looks
1: like a kid. Yes. Yep. He looks like a teenager. Shredded um, jeans. Djokovic, Djokovic does look like your uncle in the Slytherin jacket.
0: Yes. <laughs> Apparently, um, I believe it's a green Lacoste jacket. It is a um, green
1: Lacoste jacket, Yeah. Um, Steph looks very vogue, I think. Vogue, he looks as very in,
0: vogue. like, on the cover, the you magazine. can put this okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't agree with you because, like, on the picture that I'm looking at, but there's been other pictures which have been a little bit better, but the shirt is just like pulling on the side, and like, well, it was I, just... Yes.
1: You're right, it's like because one side unkept. of his jacket is up, yeah. Uh-huh. One side of his jacket is up, and the other is down. So it's like it's the way he's. I think it's his posture. Like he is one shoulder raised. Yes. Um. So yeah, you can see like if his if his white shirt was tucked in slightly, yep. if it was his a crisp was down. dress
0: shirt, I would like it.
1: Yeah. But um, it's not. Yeah, but I, and I think, all like, of
0: their shoes were not great. Like no, no one brought it. Actually, Mateo, no. excuse me, did bring it. But Mateo, everyone else. overall is got
1: the best look, huh? definitely. Mateo's got the best look overall. Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, Medvedev just looks—he <laughs> does look like a jock, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, but he looks like the—I'll say it. Um, some people don't like this word, but he looks like the alpha of the group. But I mean, he is holding the trophy. He yeah. is, you know, last year's champion. So yeah. yeah.
1: It also, do you not think Novak looks really short?
0: Yes. So um, (laughs) a lot of people joke about um, short king and commenting about that uh, word on that phrase on Twitter and uh, TikTok. And so I was like, wow, we love a short king, obviously in jest, um, because Novak is my favorite and I love to um, just completely shower him with compliments. But he is one of the shortest now.
1: Yeah, he looks really, really small. Um, but then I suppose he's in between Matteo and Daniel. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. They do look pretty, pretty large in comparison. Yeah. Um, but I've just, I've, I've just clicked back to the women, and I just, what, like, who put Krajikova in that one-shouldered, puffy sleeved white monstrosity?
0: question that's
1: a that's a prom dress straight out in 1984 exactly you know who like who put in that and 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 she's she was she's another one who i think looked super uncomfortable when they did the uh, did you see the video you know where they like walked into shot and sort of Uh did like a a kind of pose turn yeah yeah she looked mega uncomfortable doing that just like yeah what, what are you what are you doing for me here um like who put her in that it's just not great it's it's not a nice dress. No. You know, and and she's she's a lovely looking woman.
0: But no, and it's just this, not great. You've stuck her in
1: this 1980s style dress
0: that is just, it's not nice. The only thing that I can think of, and I'm zooming in, it might be the texture, the way it looks, is nice. That's the best yeah. that I can say for it.
1: Yeah. I just feel justice for Barbora. Yes. You know, and justice as And that's for honestly Ega how I well. felt
0: about everything that she's been styled in. Off court, yeah. of course.
1: Yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, isn't it like, remember when just a little throwback to our conversation with Courtney and she was saying that a lot of people had said, you know, like if... Barbora looked like Jeannie Bouchard, there wouldn't have been, she she would have had
0: a lot more attention and more fans than what she, yeah. But I think Um, I I would prefer the fans that she has over the fans, to be honest, that Jeannie has, especially the male fans. mm, I'll say mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. That's no disrespect
1: to some Jeannie fans that we know. Yes, there are some. There are some very nice ones out there. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah.
1: Shout, shout out to Ross. And, and, and I think anime. I'm more
0: so. Obviously, uh, I'll say this: the straight male fans, because of course there's a lot of those that yeah. love Maria Sharapova and then moved on to Genie, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'll say that mm-hmm. 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 for obvious reasons. Anyway. <laughs> 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 on that note let's wrap it up are we good
1: i think we're good yeah. we've dissected all the outfits we've given our um professional fashion critique yes this is coming this is coming from like me who's sitting here in my boy's amc sweater oh yeah and
0: my, the and, castor. My baggy, and my baggy jeans I, I think as we're talking about castor let's talk about that for a little bit um okay i'm not begging, or wanting, I am wanting, um, Castor, uh, AMC Tennis to represent us and sponsor We'd us. I would love it. That, love that it. would be amazing. Um, but they don't need to, they don't have to, with their budget and everything. Um, but the thing is, I have probably about at least under 10, like 6, 7 items, including a hat from them, and the quality is so good um, oh. that I was, I was kind of jealous when you got that sweatshirt. Yeah, that old jumper. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, so like for the benefit of our listeners, I um, I got an email last week from Castor saying I had access to the archives vault, which it didn't have a lot in it to be honest. But um, obviously, when I saw, it I was like, oh, well, I'll go and see, have a look and see if there's any AMC stuff in there and they had the AMC technical sweater that Andy has been seen wearing in press conferences post-match, um, and it was down from £75 to £22.50. I mean, it's like, massive, <laughs> massive decrease in price. And I remember seeing it. This was one of the few AMC items that they had in the Castor store in Glasgow when I went in for a mooch. And it was se- it was marked at seventy five pounds then, and that was just a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh, I really like that sweater, and it's a really lovely material. But I'm not paying seventy five pounds for it, uh-huh. so I got it for twenty two pounds fifty. And it's just like it's the softest. It's not warm, like it's not a heavy, like fleecy lined warm sweater. It's super super lightweight. Um, like it's one of the ones that you you could probably wear it if you were like going out running or something during the winter. Uh-huh. Um, it's so lightweight, but it's just it's so soft and so nice. And I yeah. got it for twenty two. Everything
0: is day. either soft or like a great like tech material with uh. The I love
1: that the, I have. the the t shirts are amazing for um for doing sports like the the materials. Just I was trying to explain it to my friend today. Uh-huh. Um, when we were out, I was like, if you really want to indulge in some really good sportswear like the castor amc t-shirts are incredible that there's something about the material it's better than your traditional like tech running t-shirt there's just there's something in it that they're they're like super soft and silky but they're also really breathable i think is probably the best way to describe it
0: Uh uh-huh I'm sure you're looking at me and talking, um, and my mouth is agape right now, because, of course, if I look at my emails, I would see, uh, as a um, heavy buyer of their merchandise, that I um, was given that exact email last Tuesday. You got access to the vault. Yes. And so there's, like, these mint, beautiful um ProTech stretch shorts that I'm going to get as soon as we get off. And then they yeah. have a Mint ProTech uh, quarter zip. Um yeah. and it's 31 bucks for the shorts, 42 for the zip up. And I'll probably get the training vest, which is 31 bucks. And then they've got black base layer shorts, and I don't have mm-hmm. any of their shorts. Do you? No. Okay. No,
1: men's yeah. shorts. I cannot wear because yeah. they're too narrow in the hips.
0: Oh yeah um but definitely ooh, they have more polos that are 21 bucks so basically so if you see them on instagram and everything y'all go sign up for the emails and so every time i'm on insta i see their stuff and i'm just like you're tempting me it's yeah. Ooh, they've got cargo shorts for 15 bucks and yeah and i just I, the ooh.
1: the um The AMC stuff, like, cause he, Andy has actually got, as part of his range, there's a, there's a women's range in there. It's limited,
0: Uh It is limited,
1: but the women's t-shirts are really, really good because they're, they're shaped. So they've got like a waist to them. Okay. Um, and they're, again, they're great. Like I, I, I run, I don't really do anything else. I run, they're great for running in. Um, the leggings the The women's leggings I will say not impressed with, okay, I ordered myself two pairs um and just not they they weren't they weren't what I envisaged they would be because when when I went to the the store in Glasgow, they didn't have any a m c women's stuff at all. Um, but they did have a couple, they had like a small section of Castor women's wear, just like the Castor brand. And the leggings looked really nice, like they were thick, they were high-waisted, they had pockets. Um, the AMC ones are not really high-waisted. They don't have a lot of compression in them, so they're not good for running. Okay. They don't have pockets. And they, were, they weren't squat-proof. Ooh. And any woman who likes to do squats will understand why you require your leggings to be squat proof. Yes. So yeah, that's my only criticism is that the, the, the women's leggings weren't, weren't great on Andy's range. Um, but he started doing, he started doing women's uh, hoodies and there's a women's jacket as well, which I I had to physically stop myself from buying the other day because like, I don't need it. Yeah. I do not need it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, it says AMC on it. (laughs) And I feel closer to Andy when I wear it.
0: (laughs) I will definitely be buying a few of these shorts and wearing them in March when I get to see him again at Indian Wells.
1: I'm taking some AMC stuff to battle of the Brits, 100%. Oh,
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm going to get, I've decided I'm going to buy myself. I know we're getting into, like, we said we were going to wrap this up like 10 minutes ago, mm-hmm. um, and we're getting into, like, just random chat territory now, but... it's
0: fine.
1: For Battle of the Brits, I'm thinking I might buy myself a nice little red tartan kilt to oh, wear. cute. Okay. And wear it with my red AMC T-shirt. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And I've got my flag, I've got my Scotland flag that was signed by Andy. And what I'd really like to do is at Battle of the Brits, I'd like to see if I can get him to sign it again. Uh-huh. Because it started to fade a little bit the signature, so I'd like to get like an updated twenty twenty one signature. Nice. On that and my rubber duck, obviously.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> well I think we should end it here. Thank you so much, listeners, for staying yeah. on Thank- to, <laughs> for hear us to the last ten chat minutes <laughs> about the Castor where, um, again, um, if y'all would like to go on Castor, it's castor.com. Um, so, yeah. We don't have a um, discount
1: code to give you, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I mean, actually, I do, but I'm going to use it. Um, but anyway, um, it's been a joy this year to record all of these And there's going to be plenty more this year, even, um, and more next year. So thank you for listening. And you'll uh, soon hear Andy doing our outro.
1: The best outro ever.
0: Yes. Take care, y'all.
1: Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye.
0: Bye. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you've been listening to the Murray Musings podcast.